Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda. And I'm Pastor Seth. You're listening to Growing Hope. Living Faith. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad that you're here. This is episode number three here with Pastor Rhonda. Pastor Rhonda, did you know that today is World Peace Day? Really? It is. So it's hard uh, to understand, but maybe more than ever, what we need in the world today truly is peace. And so that's what hopefully we'll be praying for. I know that you won't desire peace in the world as well, Uh, but uh, we're also approaching Thanksgiving. Yes, it's the week before Thanksgiving. Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready uh, per se. So, um, you know, I this year, I'm not really a cook. Do you cook big meal on Thanksgiving? I cook so much, I can't eat by the time everybody gets there. I'm so tired. Uh, well, I don't generally cook. Uh, everybody else cooks, but uh, we, we do try to do some family stuff. And uh, I generally alternate families, Christmas, Thanksgiving with my mm-hmm. wife. And um, so we're going to be doing that this year. Wait, your wife or your wife's family? My wife's family. So <laughs> we had to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we alternate family opportunities between, yeah, yes. Um, and so, um, but uh, she generally, she'll, she'll cook a lot. Um, but I think I'm going to try to smoke a turkey this year, so I'm not oh. sure how that's going to go. Um, yeah, you'll be up all night, especially if you eat pretty early. It takes a long time. Well, maybe we just won't eat early. That way I don't have to be up all night. <laughs> It'll be Thanksgiving supper. That's or do you say good. dinner? Do you say uh, dinner or supper? I'm more of a dinner person, I think. Okay. Maybe. Well, you know what? I can't really eat turkeys on Thanksgiving because of the bones. I'm just not a bone person. Uh, really? Is <laughs> yeah. that any bird or animal if it's got a bone in it? If I think eat? about it, yeah. If I think right. about it, I can't do it. So even chicken. Right. You can't eat chicken that has got a bone I, in it? Well, I can eat around, but if I see the bone, I'm done. I'm, I just put it down, I'm done. <laughs> that's so fascinating. That's so awesome. Just a little weird, but that's okay. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, so we are uh, getting ready to, once again, just kind of journey through our lectionary passage for this week. And uh, this week, we uh, essentially just picked a passage for us to kind of mm-hmm. look at and to journey through and talk through. Um, but it's a really, really cool passage. I think it's a passage that really speaks into the reality of maybe where we're at as a church now. And mm-hmm. so I think it's very important that all of us listen to this passage. And uh, Rhonda's going to read that for us. It's a very practical passage. It's Second Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 6. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister living irresponsibly and not according to the tradition that they receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, We were not irresponsible when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not be a burden to any of you. This was not because we do not have the right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command, anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living irresponsibly, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and extort in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. Mm, there's so much stuff yes in there and um, i noticed the the heading said warning warning against idleness yeah so it, it's, since it's a warning it's something we probably should heed we really should right listen to to make sure um, that we're living in the realities of uh, of the scripture what's fascinating is uh, we didn't really talk about a ton of the other passages 
the other passages before lectionary, they kind of talk about the end of what is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. How is it going to come? Right. What's fascinating about this one is it's not always necessarily, it's not necessarily about the end, but it's how do we live now, which should prep us for the right. end. And so this is something that really breeds life into those other passages if we allow it to, right. because it talks about how do we live now. Um, so what are some of your thoughts maybe on this passage? Wow. When I first look at it, um, the words living irresponsibly out, um, what does that really mean? Living irresponsibly. And then it goes on to talk about imitating us and it just gets into this, this idea of work and, you know, we're supposed to be diligently working. And I think that's, you know, work to eat. And I think a lot of times we think of that as our, our jobs, you know, we're putting food on our table. We shouldn't be begging that kind of thing. If we're able to work, this isn't talking about the person that's not able to work. There is a difference there, but I think it's so much deeper than just our jobs that we go to the nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, I think it's also our spiritual work, our work in the church. And um, he's very clear. Um, I think it's really interesting. In First Thessalonians, Paul wrote about the same subject, and he was a little lighter. And he was like, urge those people that are idle. Urge them. Talk them into being busy, into working for the Lord. And now, by the time we get to Second Thessalonians, he's like, stop. Don't have anything to do with those people. And, you know, put some distance between you and them. And I think that's wise advice because... When we surround ourselves with people that are, as the scripture says, busybodies or idle or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, a lot of times the tendency is that we get pulled in that direction to to do the same things. And we should be imitating, like Paul said, we should be imitating his character of being a hard worker and being diligent to work our whole lives, you know, for the Lord. That's good. Yeah, there's a, was a Facebook meme and um, it said something like this. Well, it said this, surround yourself with writers and you'll write. Surround yourself with dreamers and you'll dream. Surround yourself with procrastinators and you'll never get started. Yes. And I think that's a great passage or a great little meme that really speaks into this passage right. on a very deep level of, of who are we going to surround ourselves with um, in order to be the best or be the people that God called us to be. Uh, So you remember your first job? I sure do. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My first job was at Ryan's Family Steakhouse. And I remember my very first day. I had a crash course. They they scheduled me to start work right at, like, dinner hour, like at 5 o'clock. And... They, uh, they put me on the front line to fill up glasses with tea or Diet Coke. You shouldn't be able to go wrong with that. Right. But they had two different kinds of glasses, and they would tell me, put the water in the clear one and put the Sprite in the other one, or put the regular Coke in the clear one and put the Diet Coke in the other. Well, they told me so fast. Mm-hmm. I was confused, yeah. and I got you know pressure because people are standing there telling me, and I'm scooping us, and filling up drinks and I just started putting whatever in whatever (laughs) glass yeah Yeah. about an hour later Mm -hmm. the servers were coming back yelling who's doing the drinks because they were refilling out in the um out in the dining area they were refilling the wrong drinks but yeah yeah, that was my first job that's awesome yeah so my first job was um I was actually a Christmas elf for Santa now oh no (laughs) I didn't dress up, you know, like a Christmas elf. We just had to wear Christmas colors. Um, But the Santa at the Walmart here in Fort Oglethorpe um, during the Christmas season, 
they would take the pictures and then, you know, print them off for people and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I worked for him. That was my first job in high that school. That is classic. So yeah. your very first job, you worked for Santa Claus. I did. I worked for Santa Claus. And uh, <laughs> one day my wife wants me to be Santa Claus. So, uh, uh, you know, maybe that'll work out. Yeah, the beard will have to turn white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it was it was, it was was a pretty intense job because you're at the entrance. We were at the entrances. And as people are coming and going, you're trying to get people interested in taking their pictures. Um, there were definitely days where it was just, we were I mean, we were booked up like crazy. And so oh. there's just people everywhere. And you're trying to keep people in, in order and in line. Screaming kids. <laughs> and there's people coming and going. Yeah, and you have screaming kids. And, I mean, there's just all this stuff going on. But really what made it easier for me was... Um, there was other people who had done the job, other high schoolers and stuff that had done the job before me. And so they had a deeper understanding maybe of what, of how to, how to operate and how to do mm-hmm. all that. And, uh, and I think that that's, you know, kind of specific almost to this passage as well, that, you know, our work is important. How we go about doing our work should be important. But then also our, our church life is important. Our community of faith is important. And we pour, should pour ourselves into each of them. Um, it, it's not a reality of, well, our job comes first and then our church family comes, you know, our church community comes after that. It's, no, that the Christ is all in all and will mm-hmm. be all. And so for us, the call is to pour our lives into our jobs. But then it's also, once again, that we pour our lives into our church, into our community, because we desire for our community to be something huge. We desire for it to grow, to right. be spiritually um, where it needs to be. So it's very, very important that we aren't idle in really either one of these realities. Right. And if we surround ourselves with idleness, then we're not going to do great in our jobs. But if we're idle in our church, then the the church isn't going to be able to function and right. do exactly what it needs to do. And Paul really kind of puts it, pushes it even further. And he says, you know, if you're idle, essentially, you potentially are disruptive in the church. Don't mm-hmm. be idle and disruptive. So calls, issues... Um, within the church but then you know essentially he says hey don't be a barrier either right you know and i think that that's a huge um something that for us (laughs) we we really need to take heed um that we're not a barrier to the church to being able to move forward that we're not Mm -hmm. an obstacle the word that he uses in the scriptures we're not a burden right um, to the church right it shouldn't be a burden in our job but we definitely shouldn't be a burden in the church as well. Right. Well, it takes a lot of people. It takes really an army of people working together, arm in arm, um, to win a community. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of work. And, um, you know, there's that mentality that the ministers are the ones that are paid to, to do that kind of work. But that's that's really not true. It takes everybody. And I am a believer in the priesthood of all believers. And that reminds me of... of so going to your grandmother's celebration of life service mm-hmm. and you know maybe this is moving into the stories portion of the podcast sure. and if i need to back up go no, back no, to scripture no, that's, that's fine too I would say move on, yeah. but um yeah your grandmother um her story just touched my heart and moved my heart 97 years old mm-hmm. when she went to be with the lord and something that was said at her service was her her oven or her stove, I can't remember which, mm-hmm. was her pulpit. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me because with my grandmother, her flower shop was her pulpit. And I saw so many similarities between um, your grandmother, my grandmother, my grandmother passed away in her 90s as well. And I mean, until she passed away, she was busy. You know, she was making flower arrangements and giving them away and decorating people's houses that was her talent and her gift and 
with your grandmother, you know, she could garden and cook. And um, I think in her later, her latter years, the Lord, you know, said, I'm not through with you. Mm-hmm. And she started a ministry of going into nursing homes and that kind of thing. And my grandmother wrote a book in her 80s. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter, like, you know, how old we we get, because we're all getting there. Um, but God still has work for every single person. Everybody has something that they can do for the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's, it's easy sometimes to disregard people and to say, well, they have nothing left to offer. And Mm -hmm. there's just really nothing further from the truth when it comes to the kingdom of God is is we all have something to offer. It doesn't matter if you're 97 years old. It doesn't matter if you're five, two years old even. We all can participate within the the kingdom of God, the community of God, the, the moving of the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful for me in my life, I've had people um, that have been very strong in their faith. And they're people that, you know, I mm-hmm. desire to imitate just kind of in this, Paul says, Hey, you know, imitate me. You know, I, my desire is to imitate them, um, to be, so the community of faith can be what they need. And people like my grandmother, you know, you didn't have to ask her to do anything. Um, right. she was there. She wanted to help. She wanted the community of faith to be able to reach people, to reach the lost. And so she prayed for it. And she became the answers to her own prayers because mm-hmm. she was willing to step up. It wasn't, hey, we're just going to pray that God will grow this church. Because I think prayer should move us to action. And prayer really moved her to action right. to where she prayed, God, I want this to be a great church that reaches the people. And she realized that if, we, if this is going to be a great church that reaches the people, then she's got to actively participate and be mm-hmm. busy within the church. And so we didn't have to ask her to do things. She right. just she did it because... She just knew that that's that's what it means to be a part of community. That's what it means to be a part of the fellowship of believers is that we come together and when we all come together and nobody's a burden, then we can do amazing and great things. Um, But that's not always easy. Right. And you see a need and you feel it. You know, you see what needs to be done. And my grandmother was the same way. She didn't wait for, you know, an announcement to come out, you know, that this is going to be started. She just saw needs and she just started using her time and gifts and talents and she started doing it but one thing too that I noticed that I observed and I literally took notes in your grandmother's <laughs> funeral or celebration of life service I took notes because I was like man this is somebody I want to be like I was so inspired but um, I noticed what was said about her is also true about my grandmother but everything they they did I mean it wasn't they were just working just to build the church or whatever I mean that was part of it but the root of it was this deep, deep, deep love, this deep love that they have for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandmother loved Jesus. I mean, she, both of our grandmothers were shouters and they would just, they were yes. so full of joy. They would just can't hold it in. But, you know, that is, I hate to say that it's rare, but I mean, we just don't see that kind of love, like I would like, I mean, I want to love, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else. I want to love Jesus like that. And, um, I was just reminded you can't really love Jesus if you don't know him. And it seems like the, the older they got, the more they knew of him, the more they knew of his character and his faithfulness and they knew his heart. And really it's true, true that, you know, it gets sweeter as mm-hmm. days go by and their love for him just seemed to multiply, but it starts with knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we 
spend time in the Word, and when we spend time in community and serving together and going to church together and praying together, those kind of things, when we feed our spirits, when we feed ourselves on that, it's like supply and demand. You know, the more you know, the more you love, and the more you know, the more you love. So I think that I saw that in both of our grandmothers, and that inspired me. And I need to read more. I need to participate more if I want that kind of love that just drives me till I'm 97 years old to build the kingdom it starts with knowledge and love that's good yeah and it's and it's not complicated it's not complex you know so many times we look at other people's lives and we say man there's no way I can ever get there because you know but but the reality is is once again they were trying to understand who Jesus is or who Jesus was. And like you said, the more they read, the more they prayed, the more it's it, it was just simply became the effort, not of, man, I've got to do this and I gotta do this and I gotta do this. And and to them, their lives probably didn't seem busy when they were trying to serve because all they simply were doing was just loving the person in front of them. And right. that's why my grandmother went to the nursing home because it gave her the opportunity just to love on people. And so she just loved the person in front of her and she would pray with families and she'd mm-hmm. pray with people who were in the nursing home. She'd pray with the staff of the nursing home. And it made a huge difference, not because of who she was or, you know, I mean, she was just this little old lady, you know, and I mean, not crazy tall or not huge in stature or anything, but she made such a huge impact because she was willing just to love the person in front of him. And maybe that's something that we can truly learn from and realize that the community of faith, it's not this thing that we come together and we just have to be busy, busy, busy and things going, going, going. But there is something to this mentality that, man, if we just simply love well in here, Mm -hmm. hopefully in in here being the church, man, then hopefully that'll spill over into our everyday lives and our jobs will be different, right? And how we live our lives will be different. But we need to live it and model it here at the church. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we've got to be a people who come into the church, that we're not a burden on the church, that we are, are supporting the church because the church has a lot of needs. Right. Something else that I noticed um, that I observed, um, as wonderful as your grandmother and my grandmother were, and they still are, they're, mm-hmm. they're living somewhere yeah. else. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like, my grandmother's funeral was modest. It wasn't like packed out, like where people couldn't get in. The same thing with your grandmother. I mean, there was a, a nice crowd. There was a family that loved her, but there wasn't like this big, like every, she wasn't famous. Right. My grandmother wasn't famous. I'm not famous. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, again, that just shows that God uses common, normal, everyday people neither one of them were ministers your grandmother was married to a minister my grandmother was not um but they were just good people common everyday people that made huge impacts and will and they won't know until it's all said and done when people come by and say it was you know your mashed potatoes or it was your flower arrangement or you know, those kind of things. Um, so you're not going to get a lot of recognition here and now. Yep. And that's okay yep. because God keeps the record. He sees what you're doing. He knows what you're doing. And sometimes it can get discouraging when you think nobody notices, nobody appreciates, nobody cares. Then it doesn't matter right. because when you have a mentality that I'm working for the King of Kings, I'm going to be a blessing 
and I'm going to just do it unto the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter if anyone notices or not, or if you have this huge following or that kind of thing, because he, he knows and the impact just goes beyond what you can see. That's right. So I just like this podcast, even yeah. if nobody listens. <laughs> yeah, we've had a great time, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> great conversation. And, yeah. uh, it's really helped us. It's been a whole lot of fun. No, we're we're excited uh, once again just about this continuing. And that, that's all. That's what this is a part of too. Is right. We just want to share the love of Jesus. We want to encourage people in their faith, in their journey. We want them to know, hey, you're not alone. Um, and once again, I think that's a beauty of this passage is that we do it together. We're all right. in this together. Um, so we shouldn't be idle because... Um, the church was never meant to be done alone. Right. It was always meant to be done hand in hand with people, um, like-minded people who are pushing towards the same goal. And our goals are different than the world's goals. And so we've, we've got to realize that and we've got to continue to push and be the people that God are calling us to be. Right. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a church family, mm-hmm. get one. You know, there's a lot of great churches out there. Of course, you know, we're at Battlefield Parkway Church in the Nazarene in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to, to visit here. But maybe you're listening and you're not even in our area. Go to a church instead of having the mentality of what can they do for me go in with a heart ready to serve and a heart ready to because the local church needs you you need the local church but the local church needs you yep and hopefully the communities we're a part of will never be the same because of your decisions and our decisions to be to truly be the church that god's calling us to be right Well, this has been a lot of fun today. Um, A lot of information in this one little passage that really packed a punch, and I enjoyed our conversation. And I enjoy talking about Thanksgiving, and I really love talking about our grandmothers. And it's going to be a different Thanksgiving for you guys this year because it's the first one without her there. Yeah, and it it is fresh still, really fresh. And um, so it it probably will be a little bit different. But um, uh, you know, we know there's going to be a lot of people praying for us. And if you're out there and you've had a loss or you think that this holiday season is going to be extra hard on you, we just want you to know that we're praying for you. We see you. We love you. God loves you. And if there's anything we can ever do to help you, then please don't hesitate to reach out. Well, thank you so much for listening to Growing Hope Living Faith. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, we absolutely. do have an email. Um, you can email us at growinghopelivingfaith at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can check us out on our Facebook page, which Mm -hmm. is Growing Hope Living Faith Podcast. And uh, check us out there. We'll have a lot more information uh, on there. And you can definitely follow us there to make sure that you're staying up to date on all of our podcast episodes. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Grace and peace. Bye-bye.